you know, there are aspects of those things that that would we would do well to investigate and and embody and give of ourselves um, and and what we get back is, is much more than what we give um, yeah so that's one of those things that they never told you in school yeah. Yeah. that uh, you know, to assume that we are the ultimate in the evolution of human culture mm-hmm. it's very mistaken <laughs> Um. Yeah, really, that's why we have as one of the recommended trainer track experiences is to go into a third world country mm. naked, essentially. Mm. And not in the cities in the village mall, and just being with the, the locals and like really have that imprinted on your body as a reference point. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. No, I'm trying to think of things to say. I can't come up with anything. No. Um, <laughs> there's a. You've been. Um, you know, it's like you've been really excited and in, in, in like pushing the edge of. Um, what human beings know in terms of um, like understanding of the world, understanding how things work, or pushing um, like this thing about conformity. It's like it's it's, it's so adamant against sleep and uh, towards consciousness, mm-hmm. and it's it's like you have. Um, a lot of skills of personal habits that uh, keep you from falling asleep in different situations and just like you, you were mentioning before about living with unanswerable questions and um, just along those lines. Yeah, it's like that tolerance for um, you know, for not knowing mm-hmm. uh, and sometimes uh, You know, sometimes it's it's uh, inspiring to look at the universe and see how mysterious it is, mm-hmm. and sometimes it's very threatening, and we want to uh, we want to have answers so that we can nail it down. And uh, I don't know. There's a kind of dissatisfaction, I guess, I have mm-hmm. that uh, that keeps me from from being able to sleep soundly. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I think most of that was learned. You know, a lot of that was learned. I think I think a lot of what uh, it comes down to is that we we have, you know, people develop a taste for things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some people just are given a taste. I, I mean, I was lucky in that I was at a pretty young age, I was introduced to a lot of work ideas, yeah. and given a taste for the kind of restlessness that uh, prevents one from just sleeping. 
and um, that's not necessarily a, a fun all the time to be restless. I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time being very envious of people who could just, <laughs> you know, live a life and have it be like enough, you know, to like. Ah! Under attack. You know, just to be able to, uh, sit here, it'll work. Just to be able to. You know, live an ordinary, unconscious life and be happy with it. Mm -hmm. You know, so like, land a good job and be really ecstatic with that job and, and the accomplishment of that or something. Yeah. You know, that kind, of, that level of recognition. Or, you know, people in camp two are, um, they have been in camp for a year and a half and have read a lot of books and articles and been to practicums where they've experienced bonding and community and they've been in men's and women's support groups for a year and a half and a campfire group for a year and a half and where they've really um, undergone this just like processing of the, of the psychology to get a, a different viewpoint, you know, an alternative and expanded awareness of the world. And now, and what they're like at the point in being ready to do is to take all of this and bring it into the world in terms of like, okay, yes, I do need to make money. And I have a vision mm -hmm. and a destiny. Mm -hmm. And I have the capacity now to fulfill that, you know, the capacity to, to, to take a stand in which who I am is the fulfillment of my destiny in the world. The thing is, how does that show up in practical terms? So Camp 2 is about mm. bringing all of that esoteric, you know, um, conceptual, philosophical, um, theoretical stuff into reality in a way that works. And, and um, in practical, everyday, bottom line details of, of like bringing a project or a vision of a project into reality. Mm -hmm. So it's like, I see that you have been doing that with your business. And, um, and um, like what I'm looking for here is just some guidance or some recommendations mm -hmm. in terms of just the, those practical, you know. How well, you have to be unstoppable. Okay. You have to be unstoppable, <clears throat> which, which doesn't necessarily mean that you're exerting, you know, a lot of force. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, when I get a certain kind of vision that I'm going to carry out, yeah. like with Attitude Problem, you know, with this, with this book or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, like, nothing's going to stop me. Yeah. The fact that I was losing money wasn't going to stop me. Mm -hmm. The fact that um, it was a lot of work wasn't mm -hmm. going to stop me. Um, the fact that um, I was open, I was like laying myself open to criticism wasn't going to stop me. Mm -hmm. The fact that in as it went along and I looked at previous issues, I saw things that I was, you know, about my own psychology or whatever that were unsavory. Mm -hmm. That wasn't going to stop me. And um, I think 
that's an attitude or again a taste you know that needs to be cultivated a, a taste for um, doing I mean it's, it's I don't want to sound like you know, morally superior or anything but it's mm -hmm. like it's like a moral conviction mm -hmm. that you're doing something because it's right mm -hmm. and you know it's, it, it's kind of a male mode I don't know what the equivalent is for women or maybe this is a situation in which women would also manifest a, a male energy mm -hmm. just like men sometimes manifest a feminine energy but um, it's like you just have to be unstoppable mm -hmm. and it doesn't matter you know it doesn't matter you know if, it's like when when a little kid is being picked on by the friend their friends and you say to them well don't let it don't let it bother you yeah I mean some kids can do that and some can't right and it's easy for us to say don't <laughs> let it bother you yeah. not only because we're adults but because it's not us that's being picked on right you know but do we have the integrity to say that to ourselves or not even to have to say it just to do it um, you know because again speaking about it sometimes is a way to let the energy out yeah. so um, to have like a bottom line that um, you know I have this thing to do and you know for men it's maybe more around things we have to do mm -hmm. <laughs> and maybe for women something different it's about some kind of devotion or dedication yeah but um, you know I have this thing that I'm gonna do and I don't give a fuck what anybody says mm -hmm. you know I don't give a fuck about what anyone wants to do about it mm -hmm. you know and I don't manifest that in a lot of aspects of my life yeah. but but in some I do I mean and you really have to respect people who um, you know have certain political aims that are willing to die for it. Mm -hmm. Not in the naive, sort of, you know, zealot kind of way of, you know, of, you know some extremist, I keep looking on the Muslims, so, mm -hmm. you know, some Catholic extremist, I don't know. Yeah. But, um, but the kind of conviction of like Gandhi, who was willing to be peaceful right. for what he believed in. He was willing to, like, Gandhi to me is like he was like an incredible human being he was just so willing you know when they when they would come to arrest him and they'd say we're looking for M.K. Gandhi and he'd stand up and say I am and he would just let them take him away and let them beat him and whatever and but but his moral force was so powerful that Literally, the British left India, you know, to not, you know, it wasn't all because of him, but he was a big piece of it. Yeah. You know, he was a big piece of it mm -hmm. because he manifested that level of moral force. Mm -hmm. and, it's, and it wasn't a judgmental, preachy moral force. It wasn't, yeah. you know, that kind of a moral force. But it was in his being. So that's... You know, that's the thing to cultivate, because that's really, in terms of spiritual work, that's what people are looking for anyway. Mm -hmm. That's what people want, is to have that kind of integrity within their being, yeah. where, you know, taking, taking responsibility for one's experience, acknowledging that what you have is, in fact, what you want, 
is like a first step in developing that kind of integrity, you know, that, that consistency, that whole, that thing that holds together, where the whole package fits together. Yeah. Um, so, you know, recognizing that what you have is what you want. And if you say that you want something else, mm -hmm. why isn't that manifesting? Mm -hmm. you know, and you can't just go, oh, well, I mean, you know, you can. Do that sometimes, but it, it it shouldn't. It has to like not matter. You know, your circumstances have to not matter. The reasons why have to, the reasons why not have to be irrelevant. Yeah, you have to be so committed to doing it that you're just going to do it, and there is no argument. Yeah. Um, and that is the way to manifest things in the world. Yeah, so, magic. Um, is about being willing to do whatever it takes to make it happen. Mm -hmm. you know, so, um, you know, being willing to... Uh, it's like I, I took some class in, in uh, metaphysics from this lady once, and it, this particular lesson really struck with me, which was... Yeah. Um, which was, you know, you're supposed to... It was like you know, telekinesis, like you're focusing, like there's a, you know, that rock there, so mm -hmm. it's like, okay, move, sit here and make that rock move, and, you know, no one in the class really was able to pull off telekinesis, so mm -hmm. it didn't move, but the, the point she finally made was, you know, if you really want that rock to move, you know, after a while, when it doesn't move, why didn't you just get up and move it? Right. You know? I mean, what's your level of commitment to having that rock move? Yeah. If, if a little bit of magic doesn't do it for you, you're going to give up? <laughs> you know? That's not the way to relate to life. Yeah. To accomplish what, you know, the, the level of task that is before us. If you apply some magic to it and it doesn't, you know, the mountain doesn't move, well, then get the shovel out and start digging. Mm -hmm. You know? You, we don't have time. <laughs> to sit around <laughs> waiting for the magic to happen. Yeah. You know, and usually my experience is that when you get out there and start digging with a shovel, yeah. that's when the magic happens. Yeah. You know. And it, the magic may be that you have to shovel the whole thing by hand, but there's a ma magic is not necessarily what shows up in the physical level. Yeah. Sometimes magic is what happens when you're all you're doing is, you know, having your functional life together and making it work, but in another dimension, you know, innerly and, and what you communicate to people, mm -hmm. there is something that's vast that's occurring. Yeah. Regardless of the fact that all you're doing is just this simple little thing. So I think that's something to keep in mind in yeah. terms of going out in the, into the world and manifesting things. I don't, I think, you know, if, you, if you've got like this training now, mm -hmm. you know, you've got this training and you're ready to go out and um, conquer the world, yeah. then that is your first defeat. <laughs> the training. No, the, the attitude that you want to conquer the okay. world. That, you know, believing that you're going to be this big shot. Mm -hmm. um, I think that, uh, I mean, you can always, you know, certainly in the art world and in a lot of fields, um, you, you can tell people who are trying to be a big shot, yeah. people who are talking big. And a lot of times the people who are talking big 
are uh, not necessarily the ones who are going to make it big. Yeah. You know, because they're all they're all mouth. You know, they're big on hype, and right. and a lot of times it's the ones who are, um, you know, who are just kind of quietly doing what they do, mm-hmm. uh, and doing it for their own sake, you know, or for its own sake, who are making the great accomplishments. Mm-hmm. And some of those people get famous, and some of them don't. Yeah. Yeah. But even the ones who don't get famous are making their contribution. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some of them end up like Van Gogh or something. Maybe years later, there's some kind of level of recognition. They never get a check for it, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they accomplished what they accomplished. And the fact that people didn't recognize it is irrelevant. You, um... You know, you've, you've been doing your work, and I, I know in the business you, can, you, you work with people in a way that costs a lot of money. <laughs> well, well, I would call it community. I uh-huh. So I don't know what you mean by costs yeah. a lot of money, but go ahead, thank you. Well, I don't, you know, I, I make efforts not to screw my employees. Mm-hmm. So there are... Yeah, but I, there's a yeah. feel in, in where you work and mm-hmm. where you live where people are really kind of working together. Mm-hmm. It's not like, uh, you, you know, yeah. talk about like how you're working with people working together. Well, um, these people feel like they're valued and are part of the vision. of that vision um, you know and also treated with with basic respect then um, it creates a very different kind of culture Mm -hmm. like I heard this story recently of uh, a girl in town who worked for a big uh, video chain Hastings I'll even name them I'm so pissed at you (laughs) but uh, there were uh, a couple of shifts where some money was stolen from the till. Yeah. And one of them was one that she was like the supervisor for, the manager for. She's been in this company for like two years. Never had a problem. A very good employee. And uh, the head the head office sent some one of their loss control people out. Mm-hmm. And they decided that it was more cost effective rather than trying to uh, you know, do polygraph tests and figure out who actually did it. Mm. Just to fire whoever was responsible in those shifts. Mm. And, um, you know, like the manager said to her, you know, like, I, I know you didn't take that money, mm-hmm. but my hands are completely tied. I can't do anything about this. Mm. You're fired. And, and it's even going to go on her record as uh, that she was fired over something having to do with theft of money. Mm-hmm. And, like, there was like no loyalty to her as an employee mm. um, because for the company's convenience it was simpler mm-hmm. it was just more cost effective mm-hmm. to just throw her away mm-hmm. and several other people throw like three people away but instead of trying to find the one person who mm-hmm. might be responsible for this mm-hmm. we'll throw three people away because we know that, that there's you know there's going to be other people out there who need the job yeah. and I mean, that attitude of, of people being so disposable mm-hmm. is, uh, 
I mean, that's the opposite of what one would be wanting to create. Yeah. So, I mean, for myself, I like uh, I treat my, I, I see my business as uh, there's only a certain extent to which I'm willing to make it be mechanically like a money-making business. Yeah. You know, and in fact, at a lower level, I did that quite effectively mm. when I was just producing glass items, yeah. like you know, tchotchkes. Mm -hmm. I figured out how to produce them, how to make it cost-effective, you know, all the money stuff, and, and I'm just putting money into that. Mm -hmm. And at this point, I'm not putting money into that, but the business is more interesting. Yeah. You know, and I, there's also more space for me to do more higher things with a higher level of creativity. Yeah. And there's, you know, there's a response to, the, to that. Uh, but like I, every time I think of bringing in a financial advisor, yeah, I like they usually steer me wrong. <laughs> you know, in some respect because uh, it's uh, like the bottom line. Danny DeVito way of doing things yeah. is not necessarily the spiritually fruitful way of doing things. Right. And if, I, if all I wanted to do was make money, I could, there are a lot smarter things I could do. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, but my life is more of a piece at this point mm -hmm. because of the way I've set things up. Yeah. You know, I complain a lot, but I think there's there's a, a blessing in that that uh, a lot of people don't get in their career. Um, so I think people. I mean, because I I figure um, you know that's how I want things to be. I want it to be a matter of like people being you know, treated with respect. And, yeah. And, uh, and as equals and, and whatnot. So I run things that way, and I figure my employees would like it that way. So I, I basically run things that way. Mm -hmm. um, and that creates a culture that's more, that has a different kind of flexibility mm -hmm. to it, you know, and, and trust. So that, um, you know, if, if one of my employees says, you know, I need, I need to leave early today, and it's fine. Like I never, I don't do like why, mm -hmm. you know. Do you have a note from your doctor? You know, none of that shit. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's a small company anyway. But um, basically, what people, whatever people want to do, I let them do. Mm -hmm. um, as long as it's not you know, impinging on, really impinging on what I have, what I need to accomplish. Yeah. And in, and it's interesting. You know, here's something interesting I've discovered, is that. It makes it easier for payroll to work out, <laughs> you know, because payroll is like can sometimes be a real cash crunch. Mm, yeah. You know? And if I were forcing people to work more hours, mm -hmm. then you know I'd be paying that much more payroll, and I doubt that they would be that much more productive. Mm -hmm. you know? So I'd be paying more money for the same amount of, of output. Right. So why not let people take time off? And, uh, yeah. Mm -hmm. And and. And people respond to that flexibility by coming in, you know, often they end up coming in on weekends, mm -hmm. you know, the guys who work for me. I, I haven't asked them to do that, mm -hmm. you know, but they just know that, well, you know, it's reasonable. 
I mean, we have a basic agreement of, of how many hours a week they're going to put in. Mm -hmm. you know, but I don't, I don't check their sheets every week. Yeah. You know, so it's uh, it just creates uh, a greater a greater degree of, of mutual respect mm -hmm. and, and uh, flexibility, so that uh, you know more more creative risks can be taken. Mm -hmm. And people aren't, you know, people aren't so stressed out about job security, for example. And, uh, you know, when people get stressed about job security, then they start acting bureaucratic and then become inflexible. And, you know, become the shape place to work. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I have to do things that way. And maybe it's stupid, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but if, it, if you're doing it because it's more interesting, you know, that's such a, a novel value mm -hmm. you know it, it doesn't it doesn't it's not rational in some in, you know in some domains but in other domains it's like the most rational in terms of fulfillment or mm -hmm. um, it's like what you're learning or um, what you're teaching or you know, just the value of it if, you know, if you're functioning because it's the most interesting and it's not just interesting in terms of ego gratification or Interesting in terms of being entertained or something. It's interesting because it's alive. Mm -hmm. Then that's a, that's a significantly different value from the norm. You know, it's not about safety. It's not about security. It's not about looking good. It's not about power. It's not about prestige or fame. You know, it's about being interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and that's, you know, it's like a taste you develop for that. Mm -hmm. When it gets a taste for doing things in that way, either from from a teacher or from the culture or the environment in which they're working. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, maybe for in terms of, for people in Athens who are not completing this one phase of training and going out, taking that into the world, yeah. you know, the thing to remember is to keep that that uh, that taste for you know what they really value mm -hmm. for what's really important even though it may mean um, a certain level of financial security is not manifested mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. well great it's Sure, it's fun. Yeah, it's, it's great stuff you're talking about. It's, uh, it's, you know, we don't have many sources of what you're talking about in the world. Yeah. Well, I guess. You know, I don't know what you use for sources. Yeah. You know, things I've run across, and I guess, you know, I've, I'm sort of eclectic. Mm -hmm. You know, pull different things together. Mm -hmm. So, and that I think is maybe my my forte: pulling different things together, mm -hmm. cobbling some new glamour, you know, casting a new Doris Lessing, mm -hmm. whatever else. Well, you know, what I'm telling you is that's what Athens is based on. Yeah, it's <laughs> <laughs> what is what you've hobbled together. So. <laughs> I really appreciate that. Mm -hmm. 
in time and uh, like make course corrections or get some wild ass ideas or you know, strong opinions like you know, I hate this and you go, well, what is it that you do? I hate this and this and this and you guys are doing it now. This is now. They're gonna go, Oh, okay. Pay mm. some attention here and look at that. Oh, thanks. Thank you.